and welcome to PH5 episode whatever. This is Phil May yet again. The show has not been taken over by anyone else yet. Just me. I would like to say congratulations on making it this far, uh, generally in life, and also just uh, in terms of the podcast, because we're coming up on the end of the first full year of PH5. Wow. Um, I said in my last episode, I think, that I wanted to kind of celebrate in some way, we'll say. So I've decided I'm going to be putting out a kind of series of special edition episodes to commemorate the end of what has been a truly wonderful and fruitful year, wouldn't you say? Um, I mean, I only mean that in terms of the podcast. Everything else has been kind of a nightmare. Um, so, to kind of kick off the first set of these episodes, um, gonna break outside of my traditional, uh, list-based format. I know, sorry everyone, all you ex-Buzzfeed heads looking for listicles, um, you're not gonna get one today. What I'd like to do in this episode is have a few friends on to talk about some of their music. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time kind of talking to myself in circles about music that I listen to on this podcast. Um, I, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have other people kind of talk about their music instead of me talking about their music for once. Uh, a few friends of mine have some records either just came out or are coming out in the next few days and I had them on to chat about these records and and uh, give them the opportunity to kind of promote their work and I'm really excited to share these chats with you guys I, I think they went really well so the first up today we're going to be talking to Carrie Lynn she is kind of like a call her like a country rock singer she refers to herself as a what is it like cottagecore rock star you'll hear it yourself later in the episode um she's from prince edward island and she is re-releasing her debut album it actually just came out friday it's a fantastic collection of songs i really do think she's a one of the greatest songwriters i've met i've met so Make sure you guys check that interview out. It's going to be on first. Afterwards, I'm talking to another friend of mine who is goes by Wizard Of, also known as Bob McCulley. His record comes out in a few days this Friday. Uh, I've been in love with Bob's work. You can kind of hear me being a bit of a geek in this episode um, when I chat with him. I've loved his work for probably close to a decade now, and to be able to sit down and chat with him about this amazing album was a really a blessed experience, for sure. So, I hope you guys enjoy the interviews, slash chats, slash, uh, you know, comedy routines, as usual. Um, yeah, this will be the first of another bunch of great, weird, 
episodes. I haven't planned what they're going to be yet, but uh, they're going to happen as they happen, I guess. So, without any further ado, let's do it. Hello, Carrie Lynn. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I love that you are so um, interested in my well-being. I appreciate that. Um, I'm here with Carrie Lynn. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of your last name. So maybe you should say it so that I know how to say it properly afterwards. And yes, I have known you for a year now and so don't know how to <laughs> say it properly. My last name is Blackyear. Blackyear. Um, but you just go, in terms of your artistic alias, just as Carrie Lynn at this point, right? Correct. That's right. So, you know what? Don't even worry about that last name, folks. Uh, not important. Um, I'm here with Carrie Lynn, and we're here to talk about the re-release of her debut album, Hit the Ground. Um, this is an album I'm very familiar with. I met Carrie Lynn about a year ago at school, and I remember listening to... This album of hers, the first week of school that we had together, um, see, I was uh, I was really eager to just uh, get to know everyone as much as possible, start networking, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, I made it a point to ask everyone I could in the class who's uh, was making music if I could listen to their music. Carrie Lynn happened to be sitting next to me on the first day, so I got a taste of hers. I think the first day of school, and I just remember being absolutely blown away by. Uh, her songwriting. Uh, she's a fantastic songwriter and all the songs on this record um, stand out, especially a particular one which she knows is my absolute favorite because I never shut up about it. <laughs> and you are re-releasing the record. Yes. Why? Well basically because of COVID I couldn't really give it the promotion that it deserved. Even though it was nominated for an award for Rock Album of the Year with Music PEI, I couldn't really do live shows when it came out. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just got way too eager and just put it out there. So I thought it still deserved a brand new start. I learned a lot in the past year, so I just wanted to give Hit the Ground that second chance just to be heard and actually celebrate it properly this time. I, I totally know what you mean. Like. Uh... When I used to make music, I had this problem where I would like make like a half-baked song and I'd be like, this is great, and I'd release it right away. And then like the next day, I'd be like, wait, this is kind of shitty. Like, why did I just do that? I should have waited. <laughs> so I, I totally understand that impulse. Um, but let's back up a little bit, okay? I realize I'm jumping the gun a little bit here because our audience has no idea who you even are. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, before we go back into talking about the record. Yeah, that's completely fair. So <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I sometimes forget that everybody <laughs> does not know who I am because I'm amazing. So why uh, absolutely, don't they know who I am? Absolutely. They should know. Yeah, so it's they will them. now. Yeah, it's on them. <laughs> but please, yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am originally from Prince Edward Island. And I moved to Toronto right before COVID, so I actually like haven't even seen Toronto yet. But basically, I left PEI and traveled the world for five years, going to 26 countries, everything from scuba diving, skydiving, 
living in Australia. Wow, you really like diving, eh? I love diving. <laughs> oh yeah. Scuba, sky. <laughs> Put dive and I'm there. Uh, dumpster. <laughs> That's actually my favorite kind of dive. It's, it's a good one, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Especially after going to school for a year, I definitely got a dumpster dive for oh, my exactly. food. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, those nice little, uh, Day after Wendy's burgers that are half eaten. <laughs> yeah. Those hit the spot. Especially as a vegetarian. <laughs> I love the good. You just pick the meat off and eat the buns, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, go on, go on. So, so we're traveling around the world, 26 countries. Yeah, and I did a lot of songwriting while I was there and kind of just realized uh, throughout the whole travel that music, I just kept coming back to it and it was really just my passion. So I decided. Finally decided I needed a little break from traveling. Went back to PEI, made some money because I knew Toronto was gonna be expensive and then came to Toronto. You were fucking right about that. <laughs> okay, so you got to Toronto and had you released the record before you got here? No, I actually didn't even know that it was gonna be a thing. Okay. okay. I had written all these songs and I was planning on going back and forth from Toronto to PEI like quite often to work on my music career. Okay. And then I kind of just decided one day, I booked studio time and I was just like, you know what, I have all these songs, I want to get them down, see what they sound like recorded. At that time I didn't even know what a DAW was, so like I was very ignorant to everything production-wise. Okay. D.A.W., isn't that Arthur's sister? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so now right. we're like BFFs. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I went in there, I recorded, I think, 20 songs or 19 songs that day. Okay. Just kind of laid them all down, very bare bones. And then I kind of went home and my co-producer, Remy Arsenault, he texted me, he was like, these are really good. Do you want me to throw some like back instruments on it and see we could definitely do an album with this and I was just like you know what screw it let's make an album yeah so we just started doing that Remy is an amazing musician he plays so many instruments so he did all of the like background instruments on the album and then his wife did all of the backup vocals so it was really like a family a affair family affair nice and we're kind of all related in PEI so you know we're, we were probably related as well oh of course I get that uh you know. He does play in my uncle's band, so we're all connected. Anyway. It's like Newfoundland, where I'm from, you know? Like, uh, if they aren't your cousin, um, you should probably marry them, because <laughs> <laughs> this is like your only option. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. gotta check the whole family line when you meet someone. Oh, no, no, you don't do that, because you're gonna, you're gonna come across something you don't want to hear <laughs> if you do that. Uh, well, that's great. So, if you could describe what the biggest difference between the original version of Hit the Ground and what this new re-recorded version is? Like, what, what sets this apart from the original? I just think, because I just had a lot of time to kind of think about the album and think about what I wanted to do with it, I kind of just, it's the same songs, the same sound, but I just changed the order around, I changed the cover art, I did a remix song, of Dark Side, which is also coming out with it, and I just kind of gave it new life. It's the same great songs, just okay. with a new look, nice. and just presenting it to the world properly. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, are you doing any 
kind of advanced singles or, or a push for any particular songs? No, but I did do a music video for one Ooh. of my songs. Okay. Uh, Bones. Bones. So that's going to be coming out in a week or two. I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> but on the exact date. So that'll be a surprise. But I, it's recorded. It's all done up. It's just getting its final touches on it. So music videos coming out. That's amazing. That's yeah. a, who did you work with for the music video? It was literally myself and Claire. I woke up one morning, decided I wanted to film a music video, texted Claire and said, hey, do you want to film a music video tomorrow? And then we did. Nice. Uh, Claire, by the way, is uh, also an artist. She goes by Charlie Huncho. She makes some great kind of pop R&B tracks, so definitely make sure you check her out. Um, she went to school with us. She's awesome. So, yeah, well, that's all. I can't wait to see that video. Can you give us, like, a little sneak preview of what it might look like a little bit yeah so basically well you'll have to listen to the song bones to get the of full course. you know vibe of it but i'm in a graveyard mm. and i'm crazy <laughs> okay but uh tell us what happens in the music video <laughs> <laughs> hey what do you mean i was just being myself <laughs> right right well that's really awesome um I really can't wait to see that, and I can't wait to hear the updated versions of these songs. Uh, you play a lot of shows. Uh, I've seen you play like 400 times now. Each time better than the last. Do you have any upcoming shows or anything to kind of promote the re-release? Yeah, so I have two shows coming up in Prince Edward Island. Oh wow, um, okay. Yeah, so I'm so excited. I'm having an actual like CD release party, and nice. that was kind of the like inspiration of wanting to re-release this album because I never got that CD release that we've been talking about. We've always wanted to throw the party at Cars Oyster Bar, which is where I used to work, and just invite everyone and make it a big kind of kitchen party for anyone who knows oh. what that is. Oh, do I ever. Oh. So Miss those. I do as well. So I'm really excited to have it. And then I'm playing another show at a place called Baba's Lounge, okay. um, which is just a cute little bar in Charlottetown. That's awesome. I'm working on some more Toronto shows, but for anybody that knows Harris, how busy you get during Harris, I haven't really had a chance to like sit and breathe. So now that I have a chance to sit and breathe, I'm ready to um, get some more gigs. So there's, some, there's like a poltergeist in here making some... <laughs> bizarre sounds from the kitchen. We're just gonna kind of pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Right? You have to pretend it's not happening when well, you live here any time of day, so. I mean, I live in an old nurse's quarters, so, you know, the ghosts come with the rent. Right. That's kind of the appeal of living here. Exactly. That's why I moved in, actually. I wanted a friend. Of course. You gotta get one somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's a hard living in Toronto, you know? Oh it's hard God. to meet people. Definitely. Um... So, I know you mentioned that the new version of Hit the Ground is going to come with a release of Dark Side, which is the song I was referring to earlier, by the way, the GOAT track. Um, do you have any new material that you've been working on or any plans to um, kind of follow up the re-release with some new stuff or are you going to have some like bonus new songs on there or, or do you have any plans to release any new stuff in the future or is your primary focus right now hit the ground re-release and just kind of focus on these songs and make them 
the best they can be and, and, and promote them the best that you can. Yeah, so, well, the remix song of Dark Side is coming out. That's kind of one of the bonus songs on Hit the Ground. And then I've also been in the studio working on an EP okay. called Nightmaring. And right. there's five songs on that, and that's going to come out hopefully in January. We're just kind of adding the final touches to all of the songs. So I'm really excited about that. It sounds really good. And, yeah, January is the plan. January's the plan. That's great. I've heard a lot of those songs too, and they're all killer. So you look, you've got your Hit the Ground re-release, and when is that coming out exactly? November 19th. November 19th. So we are recording this on the 18th. So that is literally tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. Very exciting stuff. So you so. really have the exclusive today. I do. Lucky me. I know, right? Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, so by the time this podcast has aired, it will already have been out, likely. So where can people find this record? Yeah, so on any streaming platform, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, anything. Uh, Bandcamp. You can even, like, send me a message and I can get you a real CD, too. Wow, you know, I have one of those. Yeah. I, I have to get an updated one, though. I have to get the new CD. True. I have the old one. I have, need to get the new one and I can add that to my kind of Carrie Lynn shrine that I've built. Right. Right. And I have stickers now, too. Stickers. Yes. Incredible. Um, so, do you have any, like, social media handles or anything that people can find you on? Yeah, so it's Carrie Lynn Music, which is K-A-R-I-L-Y-N, Music. That's and easy. It's for all social medias. Okay, so Instagram. Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. Do you have a TikTok? I do. I... Ooh. Have a TikTok. No I kind of hate myself for having it. Listen, you need it. But you need it. I had to. I just succumbed to the pressure. Do you have a like? Can we look forward to seeing some TikTok dances to some of your uh, hit the ground tracks? I mean, I'm an amazing dancer, so like, who knows? I can confirm this. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't bring the moves out too often. <laughs> Actually, yes, yeah, I you do. do. Yeah, you and do. that's why I sprained my ankle last week. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Um, and kind of the last thing I want to ask, which is probably the first thing I could should have asked, uh, can you describe what your music sounds like to the people that are listening, in case they want to check it out? Yeah, so it's folk rock, and <laughs> obviously my brain's not working very well because I talk about this all the time, and for some reason words aren't coming to my brain. Carrie Lynn didn't get home till 7 a.m. <laughs> Apparently this morning, so we gotta take it easy on her. We ran an event last night, and it's just you know all the fame got to my head. Of course. And I so just assume that everybody knew, knows about me now. Exactly. No, but it's so it's like a folk rock album. It's kind of like a classic rock, very bare bones, very like raw. It definitely has influences from like everywhere I've traveled. Okay. But you can definitely hear that East Coast sound to it as well. Very like old rock. I'm really trying to be a rock star. I nice. call myself a cottagecore rock star. <laughs> Which I think is like the most on point description I can think of. So right? well done with that one. Yeah. If you could pick like any other artist or band out there that you would say is your most stylistic, like you have the most in common with them, just to give people an idea, who would you say? I always find that a hard question. Okay. What comes to my mind first is like CCR. CCR? I, I definitely got a lot of influences from them. Nice, nice. Um, 
so we will see Carrie Lynn topping the charts and SNL using one of her songs and one of their comedy bits in the near future, I imagine. Oh, of course. And then you've heard it here first. Exactly. So. PH5. Oh, yeah. Where it all begins. <laughs> Uh, okay, well that's awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. And I am so stoked for tomorrow to listen to this uh, re-release album. Again, it's a killer collection of songs. Um, hit the ground. Carrie Lynn. Again, you can find her all social media platforms at Carrie Lynn Music. That's K-A-R-I-L-Y-N. Any last words for audience today, Carrie? Uh, no, just thank you for having me. It's been a fun time. Um, and just want to say, for someone who slept for literally two hours last night, you've been a killer host. I mean, guest. I'm the killer host, <laughs> but you're the killer guest. So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Boom. Let's... Hello again, everyone, and hey, Bob. Hey, Phil, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. How are you? Good, good. Great, yeah. great. So I'm here with Bob McCulley, a.k.a. Wizard of, talking about uh, his brand new album that's set to drop in uh, just a few days from now, uh, Psychic Degradation. Mm -hmm. um, before we talk a little bit about you and your music and the album, I just actually want to share the story of how we know each other, because I think it's kind okay. of funny and interesting. I don't even know if you necessarily know this story. So all the reactions that you guys are going to hear are going to be completely genuine. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here we go. So I remember it was back in the day of uh, FBI, Don't Listen to Me, uh, Last FM. La no, not Last FM. What.cd. Do you remember What.cd? They're kind of like a, like a, like a torn aggregate for upcoming albums. That had been leaked or whatever. Oh, uh, no, I I'm not familiar with it. What okay. CD? What dot CD? It was what dot CD, but it was a similar website to that okay. um, where if people had leaks of upcoming records or you know artists themselves could upload their own music to this website, and it was kind of like a similar to Pirate Bay, but you needed kind of an exclusive access to be able to get it. Yeah, it's like a VIP thing. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I remember back in, this was a long time ago, I was still yeah. living in Ottawa, maybe 2011, maybe 2012, I was browsing one of those sites, mm -hmm. and I came across one of your records. Oh god. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even remember what it was called, I, this must have been like yeah. a decade ago at this point. And I just remember reading the descriptors for the record and being like, oh, this sounds right up my alley. Okay. And I downloaded it and I loved it. And I think I found you on SoundCloud and I reached out to you and was like, hey man, like love the music. Is this ringing any bells at all? Again, it's been so long at this I, point. I thought this story was gonna be like an in-person meeting. So um, <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm, a, I'm a little lost. Okay. Uh, Full disclosure to whoever's listening. For sure. I've had a lot of projects over the years. Right. Um, and in a lot of different styles. So I, you said you can remember the name, but like what kind of music was it? It was, uh, it was, you were definitely using the Wizard of Moniker. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was electronic. Okay. Um, you know, similar to your, your recent stuff. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember what it was called, but, but anyway, so... Yeah. 
found you, okay. um, reached out to you somewhere, SoundCloud or Twitter or whatnot. Yeah. And again, I had no idea where you lived. You could have lived in like Munich, for all I know. I knew nothing about you, <laughs> but I was so I was so yeah. into the album. I had to reach out and make contact, and yeah. it just so happens that you're also from Toronto. Right. Um, Although you you said you were you were in Ottawa. I time. was in Ottawa at the okay. time, but uh, yeah, I remember. I think we ran into each other at a gig or something like that when I moved here, and it was like, oh my god, it's Bob, what's up, man? That's, yeah, that rings more of a bell. I remember doing that. You were someone that I used to run into a lot at shows. Definitely. On the street uh, throughout the years. Uh, we had mutual friends, that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah, yes, yeah. and, and that's the funny part, too. We do have mutual friends, but mm -hmm. this all happened just because I, I, I randomly stumbled across you on some, like, yeah. music upload website one day. That's really cool. And now here we thank are. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, thank you. I, uh, I, uh, I wish I remembered that. And I feel like a dick that I don't. But <laughs> well, to uh, be fair, it's mostly just me being like, like a fanboy and like, oh, <laughs> like, 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 like tracking oh, you down you. online. You so. cannot see me blushing right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Oh. Um. Great. So just that's a little funny story for you guys. I hope you yeah. enjoyed hearing it as much as I enjoyed telling it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I enjoyed it. Great. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of sound like a dork right now. No, like no, I'm it was alienating good. It was my good. guest. <laughs> it was a journey for me to hear you go through that, and I was just, yeah, it was cool. Good. Great. Back, so. Okay, that's great. So, tell us about yourself. Let's uh, let let's get the Wizard of 101. 101. Yeah. What kind of music do you make? How long have you been making it? Where are you from? What's your favorite? Italian dish, like, oh, let's hear it all. okay. Yeah. Well, uh... Um, Not to put you on the spot or anything. No, no, I, I mean, this is what I signed up for, right? Sure is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Bob. My project is called Wizard Of, as Phil explained. Uh, I started the project around 2011, 2012, as my previous project, which was called Women in Tragedy, was coming to an end. And that was uh, a long... Uh, long-running project I did that was started out kind of like solo noise drone stuff and then eventually I decided to turn it into a full like four-piece post-rock hardcore band cool so we did uh, one album and one EP and played a bunch of shows in Toronto and around that time I was just missing playing solo again right and found myself really drawn to dance music and club music other people are the and, worst right i know yeah yeah what's what's that <laughs> just Sartre, kidding yeah. what's that sart saying like a, a hell is other hell people, is other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i was reading a lot of existentialism at the time too or... did you name your first wizard of release uh, hell is other people <laughs> no i didn't i don't what did i name it uh I don't know, something like Life or Exister. Um, so yeah, I'll use that to segue back into Wizard Of. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I started out with my releases. I was putting out cassettes, mostly in digital stuff. Uh, big thing was just making these sidelong kind of, um, sort of like half albums, I guess, or like pieces where we made up of like five or six tracks so it would all bleed into each other. Okay. And a lot of that was built on um, early on, I, I got a hold of an MPC 1000, and that's kind of how I was constructing my live shows and constructing music. And so the way that the MPC is designed is that it's really easy to kind of just make these songs that keep kind of like building off of each other. Um, 
so that's how the early days of Wizard of started, was making these sort of like half song, half live sets that I would turn into releases. And yeah, I kept going from there. And then over the years kind of evolved into like really just trying to hone in uh, like a, a more clubby sound based on grime music and like footwork and uh, gum and uh, just like dance music in general. Um, but also getting more as the years went on into like film score work. Uh, I actually did a live score for Dario Argento's Tenebrae in Montreal in 2015 and then uh, Halloween 2019 or two days before Halloween to be exact. Uh, I did a live score for Dario Argento's Inferno and so I've really tried to marry my, my kind of like fascination with dance music, club music, things like that, more percussive music with sort of like the cinematic um, way of approaching music. Uh, so that's kind of where I am at now is like I've, I've, I've sort of uh, brought the project to that place. Absolutely, yeah. And, and listening to the latest record, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, I can definitely hear um, you mirroring all those sounds together really well. Like it's obviously very rhythmic and lots of really dance-worthy moments, but um, it's really cinematic as well. And you've got uh, sounds that I don't think you would traditionally find in more dancey records, but you've really, I think you've honed your craft really well at this point and you found a way to Thank really, you. really like integrate them into this dance kind of music while kind of retaining that almost soundtrack feel. So, mm. hey, I mean, I, I see the vision and it's being executed really well. And I would say um, of your records that you've put out, this latest one, here's me doing a segue. <laughs> Ooh, this it. latest one is probably uh, the most effective of you kind of combining um, your two loves. Again, kind of soundtracks mm -hmm. and dance music. Great. So do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Psychic Degradation? Yeah, sure. Um, so Psychic Degradation. Um, an album I made during the pandemic that, uh, and just to kind of give, I guess, a trigger warning to anyone who's listening in, uh, the album deals with death and mental health issues. Uh, as in July of 2020, my father died in a car accident. And the car accident was, I guess, sort of the result of him having a manic episode uh, as he suffered from bipolar disorder. Uh, which, I mean, it's hard to kind of explain it and, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, if you don't know much about it, bipolar, uh, basically you go through extremes of depression, extremes of mania, and uh, a lot of strange erratic behavior can come out of either form, but yeah, basically, um, you know, with my dad being diagnosed uh, when he was 55, uh, it just kind of led into like the last... 13 years of his life uh, having a lot of issues with it because um, I think at that point in your life it's hard to kind of accept sort of like a, a very uh, very strong diagnosis in a way like it really makes you reevaluate everything and how you feel about things um, so yeah we my family had kind of just dealt with his struggles and over the years, it seemed like it was kind of getting worse and worse. And I guess it just all culminated in this horrible tragedy that happened in July. 
uh, right in the first few months of the pandemic. So it's just a very raw time to be experiencing that. Um, yeah, so I think I initially intended to write some music, you know, for my dad or as like a tribute to him. And I really struggled with writing anything at all the first few months and then it was it was like maybe January, February of 2021 when I realized, oh, I'm actually writing an album. And and from that point on, like I think I was maybe a couple songs away from finishing it. And just, you know, I started working towards like putting it together as this like one cohesive piece. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's psychic de- uh, psychic degradation. That's great, and thank you so much for uh, for you know being so open and sharing that with us. Uh, I was saying to you before we started recording, uh, the album is utterly fantastic from start to finish, kind of in its own right. But I think having that little bit of context and a little bit of story behind the album really elevates it to a completely new level. Cool and. Um, I so I I knew the story of the album and listening to it I one thing that I was really fascinated by and what I found really intriguing by the record was given the subject matter you could have gone like a completely different direction yeah with this music uh one thing that really struck me about it was um how almost euphoric it is at times and cool. what really uh my favorite track on the album is the last song, Glimpses. Uh, it all kind of comes together there, and I feel like it's this almost uplifting ending, and, 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 and like it doesn't feel negative. So do you think that kind of writing this more euphoric bent music was kind of in a way like helped with the healing process for you? Or what exactly was it that made you make something, in light of a really dark situation, make something kind of more positive? It's funny, Phil, because, you know, uh, on one hand, I want to just say, this is what just came out of me. Do you know what I mean? Right. But uh, once I kind of wrapped it all up and looked back at what I had, I kind of picked out sort of like revelations from all the different songs. And the last song, especially, it's funny because to me, that's the saddest song on the album. Interesting. And a lot of people have heard it and said, you know, exactly what you said. It's like very uplifting and dancey. But to me, the there's like um, a meaning behind it that is so heavy. And a lot of like, it's really hard to kind of sum up. And I think the entire story of the album leads to this. But essentially, because, uh, you know, grieving the death of death of my father I was kind of like grieving a lot of what my family went through what my father had to go through dealing with his bipolar and so by so when my dad died I think I had a lot of negative memories and stress and frustration at the forefront and when I finally was able to process all of that and get to like the good memories that was when that song came out of me but that was when I felt like I really missed my dad Right. And I think that was, that's like the whole goal of the album is to get to that point in a way is like, is like when you're processing something, you're, you're obviously able to like clear through all the mud and the muck of everything, right? But then you get to that moment of clarity and you see what it actually is. And it's just like, it's actually more heartbreaking. Right. You know? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that makes sense or if that sounds really like. Uh... No, I think that does make sense, and it actually. It almost, in a way, answers another question that I had for you about the record, um, about the album's art, which is oh, yeah. a picture, such a cute picture, by the oh, way. I'm you. assuming that's you. Yes. You look basically exactly the same, minus the hair, of course, <laughs> yeah. and the mustache. Right, 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 yeah. Um, but, again, just looking at that picture, and it's a picture of you as a, a kid, and you're just, like, so full of energy, and you're smiling, right. and now I'm, I'm thinking, in like, in regards to what you just said, yeah. So is that kind of the connection from the album art to like what you just talked about there about like going back yeah. to these old memories and kind of like like kind of stewing in them a little bit? I mean, that's that's definitely what led me to using that photo. I wanted right. to use a child photo. Uh, I thought that that using a child photo would reflect um i guess the the grief aspect of it you know there's okay. that kind of like um connection to memory but also the lightness of it too because it's a playful photo of a child um but the the actual like story that i kind of pulled out of it when i landed on using that photo was that i'm on a swing right uh the swing in my backyard where i grew up and that was actually where i did the first songwriting i've ever done my entire life so as a kid, before I ever learned how to play any instrument at all, I would sit on this swing and just like make up songs. And a lot of times they would be me making up a song that was just like an intro to Born to be Wild. Or oh, something, okay. You know? okay. Uh, don't ask me to remember it. Oh, no, I, I was really just don't. about to ask if you could, uh, wouldn't mind just recapping and, and, and doing one of those intros for us right now. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I could try, but... <laughs> it's all good. Maybe, <laughs> you know what? Think yeah. on it, and the next time you guest, right, right. Uh, I'll be pulling out the upward and okay, the wall okay. intro. Um, but yeah, so that was where I first did my um, like initial songwriting ever. And with doing this album, I really struggled making it. I really struggled making an album with instruments, making an album to DJ, like all these forms in which I would... Uh, make music that I was used to the past few years felt like um, useless to me. So by making this album, I had to really tap into a, like a level of imagination that I never had before. Like going back, you know, after the fact and finding the photo and using it of the me on the on the swing as a child. Um, it makes me think of this uh, essay I read in university that Julie Kristeva wrote about poetry, okay. and that uh, essentially. Um, her whole theory about poetry is that when you're born, before you learn language, you're communicating with your urges and your utterances. So you're basically just like, like that's how you communicate. You're right. just trying to connect to that, to that like primal drive that you have, but you don't have words yet. She says that once you learn language and you learn words, that it affects your drives because now that you have communication, you don't have the same drives that you have anymore. Poetry though, in her theory, is where uh, essentially these poets are using words um, as a way to communicate from those drives, those like pre-language drives. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. so that's something I read in university that like blew my mind and is kind of fed into a lot of my work over the years, you know? And I really love that about art when it can be as primal as possible, you know? Definitely. And so, so for me doing this album, 
I, I actually didn't do much in terms of real human playing of instruments. Out of anything I've ever done, it was like mostly just using my imagination as much as I could, pushing every little element to reflect more of a human expression, as I guess contradictory as that might sound. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I personally find kind of liberating about this new age of technology, especially in, in terms of music technology, is that we're no longer limited by what we can afford, what instruments our parents can get us, you right. know, like, yeah. what, uh, like, can my mom get me piano lessons or not, you know, like, yeah. nowadays we have access to uh, basically, like, anything we want, and it is really up to the limits of our imagination. Yeah, yeah. So I can see exactly how that would come into play here. Yeah, and I think your imagination... I'd, I, I'm assuming is is that it's most potent when you're a child, you know. Definitely. And so I think that was kind of the the idea behind using a photo of me on that swing because that was where I started writing music, you know. And so it's kind of like connecting back to that. Right. Yeah. It's so. It, I mean, in some ways, it's a happy accident. I had a bunch of photos of me as a kid, and that one seemed to be the best one. But, uh, but yeah. It's a damn good photo. It is pretty good. <laughs> I, I love it, man. It's a, like a cool. really nice photo. Well, it's really you. cute. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you, can, you can see the, uh, the inner workings of the music genius in your eyes just starting to kind of form. So. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you talked a, lot of, uh, a little bit about the instruments on the album. Um, I noticed mm. that uh, there's a fair bit of guitar on the record. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> what what kind of inspired you to integrate more guitar into these sounds? I know you mentioned um, in your press release that you were inspired by Ennio Morricone. Right. Is yeah. that kind of where that came uh, from? or Totally. I mean, Ennio Morricone, I, and, and just a bit of context to that, um, he actually died, I think it was two or three days before my dad died. Wow. Okay. And so the night that we got the call about my father passing away just hours before I was watching this film um, that Ennio Morricone sco scored and I remember just thinking like I really need to like listen to more Ennio Morricone I need to watch more films that he scores you know and uh, so I think it was one of those things that just left a bit of an impact on me that okay there's something to this I need to investigate that I don't know if you do the same thing but oh, you know absolutely yeah absolutely. and maybe it's an existentialist thing you know it's yeah. like a weird coincidence but if um, you see signs you gotta take them you know? yeah exactly yeah, for sure and it helps that Morricone was a genius and absolutely, uh, absolutely. It, it, some of his music is absolutely phenomenal you know and so it definitely uh, influenced me in the album I mean he used a lot of different instruments and techniques so I, I don't know if specifically I went towards strings um, because he used them a lot, but I think it definitely shaped my, uh, my I guess, like, aesthetic that I was wanting from the strings on the album. Okay. Um, but, I mean, to go back to linking the album to my father, uh, he, you know, he got me a guitar when I was, I think I was nine, and he started playing guitar at the same time. We both took lessons. Oh, wow. And so growing really up, nice. yeah, like growing up, I used to jam with him all the time on guitar. So I think that was also part of it too, you know? Kind of like um, a tribute to him having that guitar included. Yeah. Okay. But then the thing is, and I go back to what I was saying earlier of how I actually didn't really use any instrument playing on the album. Um, like I, I had a bunch of guitars to use, 
and guitars he had that you know like I inherited basically and I tried recording myself playing on them and like nothing good came out of it so it wasn't until I started finding string samples and manipulating them that I it was getting the results I wanted right. you know which seems kind of strange that it had to kind of go in that sort of um, like other way around it mm -hmm. and the thing is I don't think any uh, okay, except for Celestial Being, which actually has me playing guitar, the only time the album, all the other sounds are not actually guitar. Okay. But I think I managed to tweak them in a way that they sound like that. But most of the time, okay. they're they're like a harp or um, like an oud or something. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But it definitely resonates like guitar for sure, and I think that was something I was kind of drawn to. Great, okay. Um, and also, kind of on the note of your press release, you, you mentioned that uh, one of the other inspirations for the album was, uh, I believe, this Japanese kind of dark yeah. comedy horror kind of yeah. film. So yeah. what exactly from that uh, inspired you, and, and what, what from that did you bring over into well, this record? First of all, have you seen Hausu? I haven't. Well, you should. Okay, it's we're going to pause the podcast, we're going to watch it right okay. now, and then we're going to pick it up after. <laughs> okay, but no, I'll definitely check it out, because uh, I, I trust your taste. Yeah, it's... Tell uh, us a little bit about it. It's wild. It's, um, it's very pop art. It's very hilarious, goofy, bursting with ideas. Um, one of the zaniest films you'll ever see. But um, if you look into the backstory of it, the director... Nobuhiko Obayashi, I hope I'm saying that right, he actually made the film as kind of a response to um, the bombings in Hiroshima okay. uh, that he like lived through and so wow. he lost a lot of his friends and so there's moments in the film that kind of touch on that and once you learn that and you go back and watch it, um, it's like the film takes a slightly different feel. It's still super zany and fun, yeah. but you start to pick up a bit more of the sadness, the longing, the like, the memories, and there are direct. I think there's a, a couple direct moments where they show the bombing and things like that. And I was just so inspired by that because, you know, I wanted to make an album about grieving, but I didn't want it to be like funeral doom. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of wanted something that had a more cinematic tone. And when I say cinematic tone, I mean that with a lot of great films you can kind of get away with uh, mixing different genres or mixing different kind of intentions in a way and uh, I think if the film is good enough they can sort of con convey something magical you know uh, and I'm not saying I achieved Haosu level magic with this album you know I don't know man it's pretty magical it's pretty magical I haven't seen the movie of right, course right. so I can't speak yeah. to that but but yeah I just I love I love how Haosu was like Peeling an onion, you know, and I wanted to make an album that was like that, where maybe on uh, face value it's it's like a fun dance record, but the more you listen to it, you can peel back the layers to it, you know. Totally get it. That that's that's a great explanation. That actually completely like answers my question. I know exactly what you're trying to do with that, and awesome. I think I think you nailed it. Cool, and I hope it inspires you to watch the movie. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to now. Yeah, it's like, you really you know? should. It's you not gave that me long. like. You gave me quite the glare when uh, I said I had it, so I, I'm kind of afraid for my life. So I no, I know. You know why, Phil? I'm jealous because seeing it for the first time is just Oof. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it as soon as I can, and I'll, I'll cool. let you know what I think. Awesome. As soon as possible. Sweet. Um, I'm gonna ask you a really annoying question. But, annoying? Uh, Is that what you annoying. said? Annoying. I thought you said knowing question. Oh, no, no. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, annoying question. Okay. If you could describe the music on this record as succinctly as you could. Okay. Using loosely genre terms. How, how would you describe it to people? Wow. Um, I know. Shitty question. It's terrible, right? I will preface my <laughs> attempt by saying that okay. um, due to the pandemic, due to the nature of the album, uh, I actually pushed myself to not be concerned with genre. Okay. Whereas in the past, uh, you know, just to give the listeners context, like the past few releases I did were kind of more in sort of a uh, cinematic grime that was one genre I was throwing around with the label okay. um, also hard drum at times okay. which is like a really perca percussive form of dance music so this is me just kind of stretching out and making drum roll here we go okay. psychedelic 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 electric I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> psychedelic I, I electronic? Okay. Yeah, I think that works. Psychedelic electronic is the most general term that would not appeal to anyone, though. So. <laughs> um, I disagree. I think uh, if I were to hear that term, I would be all over that. So, great I would, description. I would too. Right? So. Sounds cool to me. Psychedelic No, I can do better than that. Can you ask me in like seven minutes? Okay, okay. I'll ask you in seven minutes. All right? Okay. Okay, what do we talk about for seven minutes? <laughs> oh, um, was so, that your last? Oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no worries. So, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. That being said, this record, um, it would be kind of a shame for it not to get rinsed at the club every now and then. I mean, the, the tracks sound great. Yeah. Um, you know, even I've kind of find myself doing stupid little dances listening to it here at home. Cool. Can't even imagine what it would inspire me to do if I were to hear it somewhere at a club somewhere. So do, yeah. you, do you have any plans to maybe do some of these songs live or, you know, do a DJ set where these get integrated? Or is that something you'd be interested in doing anytime soon? Yeah, uh, I would. I, um, I had the opportunity to go on ISO radio uh, at the beginning of October. Okay. And so I did an hour-long set of just my own material, and that felt really good. And so I don't know if I I put together necessarily a live set okay. as uh, the way that I construct music now isn't really um, conducive to this. Yep, fair enough. Um, fair but enough. Uh, it's something I, I I've thought about looking into. I don't know. I just I feel more comfortable kind of trying to construct a really exciting DJ set for using sure. my own material. Uh, trying to come up with some new stuff for it as well. Um, but also too, like doing the live score for Inferno in 2019 was just, was like a revelation. It was such an incredible experience. And that's also something I'd really like to get back into as well is doing more live scores or doing kind of, uh, like a, a visual live performance where, you know, I'm, I'm DJing my own material and material I've written for this performance. And there's kind of a video playing in the background or something that you know, a friend who's an artist. Right, okay. That kind of thing. That's sort of the direction I'm going to because 
I don't know if, if me just like DJing and nothing else going on is really like satisfying enough for myself, you know? So Absolutely. I'd I mean, like you're, to, you're yeah. a veteran by now, you know, you're to keep it interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, well, you know, I, I'll keep my eye out for any future shows or, you know, live scores or anything that you do because that yeah. sounds like it'd be a lot of fun and I would definitely love to check one of those out. Well, uh, if you or the listeners are interested, Ooh. I do have the Inferno live score up on Vimeo. Um, yeah, I'm hoping you could just search it on Vimeo. But yeah. Just look up Inferno Wizard of. Um, okay. I don't know if you can supply a link in your... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, uh, basically, it's the whole film. Okay. Uh, there's no dial or audible dialogue in it or a sound ex- except for a few sound effects but it's strictly just my music for the entire film with subtitles um, if you haven't seen it before and you're worried don't worry about it okay. it's there's not a lot of dialogue and the film is very I would almost say like impressionistic right it's just okay. kind of like this sim- simple sort of almost like a fairy tale for adults it's got a very right. simple beautiful story okay and the music i created for it i uh, i was really trying to pull up the emotion of it more perfect more than i think the original score did that's no awesome shade. yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely uh i'll definitely link to that so that the people can check it out um kind of on that note uh where can people find you online if they want to yeah i um I have, uh, so on my Bandcamp is probably the best spot to get the music. Sure. Uh, my music is also available on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all those lovely streaming services. Okay. Uh, I am on Instagram under my actual name, Bob McCulley, and uh, I'm on Facebook. I've got Wizard of on there as well as Bob McCulley. Uh, I don't use Twitter, um, but if you really want to get way too much of me, you can find me on Letterboxd where I review way too many movie, <laughs> movies and uh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, what what about the Wizard of TikTok page? I'm I'm, I'm dying to see some. Wow, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see some TikTok dances to glimpses. <laughs> well, what was what was the the TikTok before TikTok? There was Vine. Vine. I yeah. was big on Vine. Yeah. And then they got rid of it. Oh, I loved Vine. I was big into Vine. I wasn't big on Vine. I right. should I should clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was really into it, and then they got rid of it, and then TikTok comes along, and it just feels like I know what you mean. Yeah, I know I what you know. mean. I I'm I'm afraid of a I'm afraid that I I can't speak too much negativity about TikTok because I will lose all of my 15 and under listeners. True. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but I totally know what you mean. I loved Vine. I loved kind of the ingenuity of like. How can I tell a full story in six seconds, you know? And just the mm. way that people manage to create these super compelling, yeah. often hilarious videos in just like this extremely short amount of time. Right, It was right. awesome, but yeah. Yeah, you could really capitalize on the comedy of taking things out of context. Yeah, exactly. So taking a snippet of a film where it's just someone saying something really like, it's you know, you make it sound like a non sequitur, you yeah. know? And, and hilarity ensues. You know? Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I miss Vine for sure. Um, okay, so before we kind of wrap it up here, I'm going back. You know, I think it's been about seven minutes or so. Yeah. Have you managed to uh, I thought away? about it. Okay, um, what do we got? I mean, maybe like psychedelic club music? Ooh, Could okay. Work a bit more? Yeah. I feel like using the club music banner is a little more uh, hipper, I guess. 
yeah. And by saying that, I totally make it uncool, but... <laughs> no, it's actually come all the way back around, and saying things oh. are hip is cool again now. It's like ironic or something. Exactly, right? okay. exactly. Okay. Post-irony, or maybe post-post-ironic, who knows yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> that's a great description, though, because, yeah, it, it is very dancey, and it's not just one kind of style of dance music that you touch yeah. on. You're, you know, you're, you're doing some house techno, a little bit of footwork sections every yeah. now and then, so club music is a good kind of inclusive term, yeah. I'd say. I mean, when I when I got into, I guess, you know, the term club music, I'm doing finger quotes, you can't see it, but um, <laughs> I was really drawn to how it's sort of this uh, intention with sound design to kind of really envelop the, the sound with bass yes. and really sculpt the bass. Yep. I feel like that is more prevalent in club music than a lot of the other dance musics or forms of dance music okay. outside of the obvious like drum and bass you know what i mean for sure uh, but, but club music has like this really sculpted like prominent form of bass and so i think that's what's always uh what, I, what i've always been drawn to about it so maybe that's why i feel more comfortable saying psychedelic club music as opposed right. to psychedelic electronic but electronic is, is just such a wide umbrella that like it feels wrong, but it also feels right to you. Totally. Do you know what I mean? I, I totally know what you mean, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, great. You nailed it. Psychedelic club music, right? <laughs> That's what you're going to be officially... Uh, PCM, baby. Yeah. <laughs> PCM, okay. I don't know. It. <laughs> We've coined it right now. We did it. That's right. Yes. Um, so... This has been great. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your time here on the show with us. Uh, So Psycher Degradation is out November 26th. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, will that be available on all platforms? Is that going to be Bandcamp or what's the situation? Yeah, it's on on everything. It'll be on everything? Uh, Awesome. Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Perfect. Tidal. Um, Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. Well... Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a fantastic record. Again, I, I, I can't compliment it enough. And um, just the way that you've uh, tackled this really nuanced subject matter with yeah. this just beautiful music is, uh, is honestly, it's really inspiring. Cool. Thank you. And uh, for everyone listening, I'm really excited for you guys to hear the record. Um, again, that's out this Friday, assuming that I'm dropping this episode on Monday or something. Uh, November 26th, um, Psychic de- huh. Degradation <laughs> by Wizard of... It's a mouthful, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Bob, again, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, Phil. Go and find Wizard of all platforms, except TikTok. Yes. <laughs> and, and I, well, I'm kind of on Twitter, but I don't use it, so... More for yeah. just, uh, for, for creeping and scrolling, right? No, not even. No? I just, I posted I have a new album coming out and then I forgot about it again. Oh, yeah. I'm like severely addicted to Twitter. And have really? Been for like a decade, so I'm jealous of you, for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm letterboxed. That's yeah? Me, yeah. Okay, well, go and follow <laughs> Bob on Letterboxd for yeah. all of the, uh, the best, most informative film reviews. That's what it is. That's what it is, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. Um, I'd like to quickly thank, once again, Carrie Lynn and Bob for coming on and sharing these insights about their music. I had a blast. 
it's nice to just talk to other people for for once, you know? Um, anyone else out there would like to come on the show to talk about their music, talk about their, I don't know, plants. Uh, please, come on out. Um, let me know because, you know, it's fun. It's fun to chat with people and I'm sure it's more engaging for you guys as an audience too uh, to be able to hear someone else other than me rambling on and on and on and on. So we will continue this kind of, uh, I don't know, holiday PH5 special. I mean, it's not even December yet, but um, we will continue that with more episodes coming soon. What are they going to be about? Who knows? Just uh, stick around and find out, I guess. So thank you once again for listening. This is Phil May signing off, PH5. Have an amazing day. Bye.